Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part presentation on the top five corporate scandals of 2018 on this special presentation on Across the Board, a podcast on corporate governance. I am joined by Amy Bernard Vaughn, a well-known corporate governance. But first, have you ever considered starting a podcast? Have you ever wanted to put your voice out there? Well, if so, I'm always looking for new podcasts for the Compliance Podcast Network. If you're wondering how to get started on the production, please listen to our sponsor, One Stone Creative, on how to get going on a podcast. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business, and One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. In this special five-part podcast series, we take a look at the following scandals, CBS and Lus Moonvees, 1MDB and Goldman Sachs, Facebook and its continuing drip, drip, drip of customer information, Tesla and its Elon Musk problem, and we conclude with Nissan and Carlos Goshen. This special five-part series has been a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back with Amy Bernard Bond for uh, our concluding episode and our five-part exploration of our top five scandals for 2018. Today, it's going to be a late entrant and newcomer to the list, a relatively uh, recent addition, uh, but has blasted onto the list, uh, and that is Nissan and a uh, scandal around its now former chairman of the board and CEO, Carlos Goshen. So, Amy, uh, first of all, welcome, uh, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. So uh, we had some uh, – this one went in, I think, a little bit different direction than our other four. So uh, why don't we start with, Amy, uh, w- what are your three reasons for putting this uh, scandal on our top five list? Yeah, Tom, I would say for this one, it's important to look big picture at countries that are trying to clean up their act. And Japan has actually had a, a number of scandals lately, and some people tend to think of that as a bad thing. But as, as you and I have discussed, it, it actually can signal that a country is actually really working hard and doing the tough work at becoming less corrupt. And so I, I like this one because it points out that Japan has actually been trying to clean up its act. Um, so I think it's a, it's a really good example um, from that standpoint. The second is just the automotive industry. You know, we've been, I think, uh, watching with bated breath over the last couple of decades to see where the, where the automotive is going to go. It's tough to run um, to run these companies in this day and age. And here we've got the CEO of of Nissan, who um, also is the CEO and chair of Renault, that owns a significant stakeholder interest in Mitsubishi. So when you talk about something uh, bad happening with with three automotive companies, global companies, I think that's a big deal as well. And then the third one, what do you think? Why did well, you like this one? Uh, the reason I thought it was so outrageous, frankly, was it it came down to perhaps the most base CEO problem of of entitlement. Mm, that, okay. Um, yep. CEO is God, not even CEO is general, a five star general, but God, <laughs> and that he could he could do whatever he wanted to. And the prime example was 
uh, well, two prime examples. One, he paid his sister $100,000 a year for consulting when, uh, amazingly enough, she didn't show up for work. And uh, <laughs> second, uh, he constructed a family home in uh, Lebanon uh, at a cost of approximately $50 million uh, uh, from Nissan funds uh, yeah. without without board approval, without you know any kind of oversight, uh, without getting a waiver of the code of conduct or whatever internal controls there were. Uh, and his theory was, well, you know, I spent all my time working for the company. Uh, yeah, you're going to pay for it. And it was that true basic level of entitlement. Um, I think we've probably both known some fairly arrogant CEOs, and they certainly feel very entitled to take whatever they want. Sometimes it's in, in the form of, unfortunately, uh, sexual harassment. Many times it's in the form of money, uh, sometimes in other inappropriate behavior. Um, but usually there is at least some check or balance, uh, yeah. whether that's a board of directors, whether that's a financial control, whatever it may be. But here uh, we had a CEO with complete entitlement and complete control. And uh, how that kind of corporate governance got so out of whack, really leading to a palace revolt where mm -hmm. the Japanese uh, executives under him, I think, really led uh, the effort to have him uh, removed and then arrested. And, and he is he's the only executive uh, on our list. We've had other executives we've talked about who who've played guilty to criminal charges, but he's still in jail. And yeah. uh, he may be in jail for a long time. And um, when you put a CEO of a multi-billion-dollar company in jail, um, that may be enough to put you on the list. But uh, this is just one more part of the scandal. Yeah, I, I remember one uh, one person has referred to this as that we are witnessing the single greatest act of self-destruction in modern automotive history. Um, you know, not only has he destroyed his own life, but he's put these three major automotives and, and many, many employees in, in very dangerous and uncharted waters. And the, uh, the charge, the charges against him um, in Japan were basically for um, accounting fraud in underreporting his income. So he wouldn't pay on it. So if, you know, Al Cap the lesson of Al Capone still exists, you can make a lot of money, but you got to pay taxes on it. And it's, it's one thing to defer your tax payment through uh, an appropriate uh, tax deferral mechanism that's legal and approved, uh, but here he just didn't report it. And um, it's just, it all pointed to me that he really thought he could do no wrong. And how he got to that point, whether it was his very successful automotive career, the success for his companies, or you know maybe there were toadies around him, I don't know, but um, it, 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 you're absolutely right. The fallout and the destruction, this the havoc, this will wreak for all three of those corporations, for the family members of many of those corporations, and certainly for his family members, uh, maybe going on for quite some time. Yeah, it's unbelievable that, that he, had, he was trying to conceal $45 million. That, that's just so out of touch. It's, it's exceptional. And uh, on Monday, Nissan just announced that they changed a rule that the that the board, not the chair, is going to determine pay, which leads to the question: Wow, he was able to determine his own pay. That's pretty exceptional from a governance uh, standpoint, right? Very, very exceptional. Did you know? I mean, I that, uh, quick question: Did you know that he was a star of a, of a comic book series? I did not. In Japan, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's which is fascinating because 
you know, there are very few outsiders that are brought in to run Japanese corporations. So he had actually right. overcome, um, you know, a gaijin or a foreigner um, skepticism in Japan. So there's serious blood in the water at this point from Japan because that was a big deal. And so for them, for, for them, for him to betray people and to impact employees and shareholders in this way is, it'll be really interesting to see what happens to him. So, um, Amy, I guess uh, some of the themes I've seen in the five uh, five test cases or five our top five in CBS, one MDB, Goldman, Facebook, Tesla, and now with Nissan are CEOs who who really go not too far but beyond the pale too far, and that there seems to be no uh, governance level oversight restriction above them from the. For, by the board of directors. So I, I can only hope that one of the lessons learned from really all of these will be how important the role of the board is and that the board has to be trained and understand how to execute that role. They do. And I hope that we continue to see less of what we would call the imperial CEO, where they hold both the the chair and the CEO role. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here Tom, but uh, last data point I have from Corn Ferry is that 53% of S&P companies, S&P 500 companies currently have separate CEOs and chairs, which is up from 42% in 2011 and up from 26% in 2001. So at least we're, we're halfway there. Um, but I think we'd say that, it, that companies would have a better shot at, at running a stable, profitable, secure, you know, um, sustainable company if they had separated those, if they separate those roles. So there's a little bit of oversight. Well, I mean, this has just been a fascinating uh, series for me to, uh, to put on with you. I really want to thank you for uh, taking the time to visit with me throughout these five episodes and all the work you put in. And I can't wait to see what 2019 brings. Ah, Me too, Tom. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this special presentation of the top five corporate scandals from 2018 on Across the Board. We will look at another episode tomorrow, which I know you will enjoy. This presentation is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.